The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and southeastern New Mexico will continue to be America's main source for energy independence. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. A special thank you to our sponsor, NOV. For more than 150 years, NOV has pioneered innovations that enable its customers to safely produce abundant energy while minimizing environmental impact. Their expertise and technology continually improve oil field operations and assist in efforts to advance the energy transition towards a more sustainable future. NOV powers the industry that powers the world. Coming up a little later in our show, we'll have a big giveaway announcement. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Krista Escamilla. So glad to be sharing this time with all of you. I am here in Midland, Texas, and I'm speaking with Jason Wolf. Jason is a board member of the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners, otherwise known as PBAP, and he's also in the midstream marketing with Occidental Petroleum. Jason, thank you so much for being with us today. Krista, thank you so much for having me. Well, we have so much to talk about because I know it's been a while since we spoke last, and so I'm so excited to hear all the good things that are happening. But before we begin, I want to just give a big special thank you to all of you who are listening, whether in your car, at home, in your office, and you share time with us here at Permian Perspective. We are so excited to begin our second season, and we couldn't do it without our amazing OGGN team, our sponsors, and of course, listeners like you. A special thanks to people like Nate85K, Slide Jumper, Gina, Janie, and Unicorn Life for the kind words you left on Apple iTunes review. Feel free to leave us a five-star review and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Well, Jason, thank you again for sharing your time with us today. How have you been since we spoke last? Pretty good, thanks. It's been a really interesting time in our history, not only across the United States, but also in the the pipeline world. And since we last spoke nine months ago, uh, we've seen a huge change in oil and gas prices, of course, a huge change in our political climate, and we've seen some increased restrictions and challenges in our industry, which has made our role in the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners even more vital to our future success. You really said it. We have seen some changes. And I know we've all learned a lot through this and, and made adjustments, pivoted. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned through 2020 that you're now applying to this new season, 2021? Well, I think in 2020, we learned the value of being resilient. And we certainly didn't anticipate that resilience is key 
And if you want to make it happen, you can find a way. And I think that's important for our industry going forward, that if we want to make success in upstream and midstream areas of our business happen, we will find a way as regulations get more stringent, as the environment becomes more difficult, we're going to continue to provide low-cost energy for, for America. Let's talk a little bit about, you said the fundraising, because I know that has been a big challenge for everyone across the board. Before 2020, what did fundraising look like for you, and how has it now changed going forward? Sure. So we have an annual golf tournament, an annual clay shoot, and before 2020 had a team roping event. Unfortunately, we had to cancel our spring golf tournament. We were still able to have our clay shoot in September, which was an outdoor event, and we were able to practice good social distancing. We had a medical staff on, on hand that took uh, guest temperatures as they walked through the door and encouraged uh, hand sanitation as, as the day went on. And then later on in the year in December, we brought the golf tournament back, again, an outdoor event with a good turnout, over $20,000 in funds raised with our event there at Ranchland Hills in Midland, and a very safe time for all of our participants. So those same practices were continuing, of course, into 2021. As the vaccine rolls out and as, and as folks get vaccinated, we are still going to practice really safe environment and hold our events with those important uh, aspects in mind. That's great. And the, and the one good thing about about golf is it's outside. So you can still practice social distancing and you can get out and do this. So we, we hope that you'll be able to have your your big event this year. That would be fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about the Oxy, you know, side of things and, and what you're seeing in the industry. I know today I was scrolling through LinkedIn as I, you know, as I do to just kind of take a pulse of what's happening here in the Permian. And I saw a lot of hiring signs. This was very promising. Is that something, or you know, do you have projections on hiring growth for your company for 2021? Yeah, 2020 was, was challenging to be sure. And I think one of the things that made it so challenging was the low oil prices, but then the uncertainty associated with the industry and, and with our political environment. Uh, 2021 certainly is open with a little bit more certainty in, in those aspects. And uh, probably the biggest determinant of that, is the oil price, which is now up around $58 a barrel for WTI, and uh, natural gas prices, which are touching up against $3 as we experience a really cold winter. We do anticipate bringing rates back and, and continuing to drill and complete uh, wells, including completing wells that were uh, drilled but left uncompleted last, last spring. So we do see some opportunity on the horizon to bring back some of that activity and we're hopeful that it leads into a stronger 2021 uh, as we go forward. Well, I don't want to not cheer real quick when you said $58, because <laughs> I know everybody right now is celebrating that today. I believe the rig count was up eight at the latest. Is this something that you see continuing? You know, What are the projections there as far as oil prices? Do you see this continuing to climb? I know we wish we all had a, a crystal ball and could predict the future, but what is the talk within the industry and what you're hearing? Yeah, I think we uh, believe that there will be some increased stability, and we're hopeful that these high prices continue uh, potentially up into the mid-60s. But I think beyond that would be speculative. I think that there is 
some opportunity though at these prices certainly to get to get back into some areas that were sitting idle in 2020 mm-hmm. and um, and I believe that you know at this level we'll see a decent level of activity that will be able to keep folks busy mm-hmm. <laughs> <including> <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> that we partner with mm-hmm. and that we um, will see some success this year in completing new wells and, and bringing new production online to continue our stands as the nation's leading producer of oil and gas in the Permian Basin, and also, you know, our company's stance as a major player in this basin and several others domestically. Right. Well, I know, Jason, I, I normally don't talk politics, but I have to ask this question. It, it, it appears that our governor is ready to protect our industry. What are your thoughts on the executive order that he passed on January 28th? And here in Midland, actually, he was here when he did it. Yeah, that was tremendous that he held a uh, town hall there in Midland, Odessa, just over a week ago. And I think we were all very encouraged to see the steps that he's taking to protect our industry here in Texas. And it's a little bit, you know, uncharted territory from my perspective, but we are hopeful that the work that he's doing and uh, that our leadership in Austin is taking will continue to allow our industry to, to uh, succeed and uh, keep the United States at the forefront and as a leader in not only supplying its own needs, but also being a net exporter of oil and gas. And that's just so important for our national economy. Absolutely. Well, Jason, I know in COVID we all we all learned that many employees can work from home. I believe you're working from home, correct? Is that is that right? I am. What if yes, any- that's right. In fact, about 90% of the time we, we work out of the home office and go in for periodic training or for other you know team needs. But it's been about the nine months now that, that this has uh, been going on. So do you see this continuing or, or what, if any changes, do you think will be made regarding infrastructure now that we've seen that it can work to work from home? Yeah, that's something that I'll be interested to see as well. I know that we are talking about, you know, a return to the office in the late spring, early summer timeframe. I'm hopeful for that because I think that there are some benefits to that face-to-face interaction, mm-hmm. the team meetings in person, uh, et cetera. But like you said, we've all gotten used to this and we've been able to make this uh, work, make it succeed. So it could be that you know companies are able to save uh, money on infrastructure, like you mentioned, in real estate and electricity usage and other, and other things. But we'll certainly have to wait and see how that all plays out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. If, if you're like, me, I, I need to see people. I need face-to-face. I like that face-to-face interaction. So I agree with you. The meetings itself, just seeing, you can really just, you can gauge emotions more. And and this, th- this may be a good question. As a follow-up, do you feel productivity changed positive or negative while working remote? Well, I haven't seen that. I think we've been able to continue to be uh, productive. I think we've been able to use these tools for communication, either video or, or phone or, or some combination, and it's worked very well. Mm-hmm. Um, my company has provided us with all the tools that we need to, to be able to work effectively from home as if we were in our office, so that's been a real positive. So no, I don't, I don't think at this point I've seen any, uh, any downside, but I am hopeful that there could be that, that opportunity in the, in the near future to go back and if we so desire, spend that time 
with our work groups and uh, working team projects uh, together again. Right. Jason, how long have you been in the oil and gas industry, and what was it that kind of piqued your interest to get in it in the first place? So I came from the Air Force. I spent 20 years as an Air Force officer, and as I transitioned out, uh, the oil and gas industry offered me an opportunity to use my technical education, to use my leadership skills, to uh, operate in a highly competitive environment that, that rewarded innovation, that rewarded uh, honesty, and uh, gave me an opportunity to engage in an area that was very challenging and very critical, you know, to our to our nation. So that still attracts me, and that's one of the reasons that you know I'm not looking to jump. This is a this is a downturn. This is you know what a lot of people would would argue is a trough, right? Mm-hmm. We're just now coming out of that. There's incredible opportunities still in this industry. And it remains so vital to our nation's future that it that it, I think will continue to attract America's best and brightest, even even as we operate in some changing and, and more challenging environments. Well, thank you for your service. First of all, I really really appreciate you. And coming from the Air Force into oil and gas, you know the importance of of energy in America. What would you say to someone that feels like we should be going in a different direction? What would you say to them about the importance of being energy independent here in America? Yeah, certainly we, uh, as a nation, have operated for many years dependent upon others. And when you tie our national interest to things that are happening overseas and oil-producing nations, it, it makes it more challenging, certainly, and it's very costly at times for our, for our country to defend and, and support those those nations. Energy independence gives us more freedom, certainly, and also provides us, as, as a net exporter, the ability to bring in additional revenue to pursue those, those domestic programs that we find so important. So it's really critical, I think, to our, to our nation to maintain energy independence. And I think the past few years under President Trump, with that achievement, were a a real turning point for us. For sure. What about the Permian? Let's, Let's talk a little bit about the Permian, because we know how important the Permian is to the oil and gas industry. What do you believe makes the Permian so great? Well, I think a permissive operating environment is important. And, you know, we do have rules and regulations uh, that we operate within in terms of drilling permits, in terms of environmental uh, concerns, in terms of remediation, et cetera. But compared to other states and compared to other areas, Texas and Southeast New Mexico uh, recognize the importance to their state economy and to the national economy and they support and team with oil and gas uh, producers to um, make us successful. And that's a great thing about the Permian Basin. Um, it's one of the reasons why this basin, you know, when you look across different domestic operating areas, this basin is really competitive and deserves our investment dollars you know, because we can turn those investment dollars into uh, production into 
shareholder interest better than anywhere else. And that's one of the one of the reasons that the Permian has, has remained so strong, even despite uh, the downturn. Now, I know you are a leader. It is apparent when I talk to you. I'm like, he's so smart. He knows exactly what he's talking about. What I want to know what you listen to podcast-wise or read about the industry. So what feeds you, Jason? Well, your podcast, Krista. Yay! One of the the various avenues that I... But I, I am on LinkedIn a fair amount, and I help identify those articles and I help identify those uh, stories that come out of Austin or that come out of our national uh, press uh, core Mm -hmm. that we want to promote and that we want to share via our Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners uh, LinkedIn site. So we post two or three of those a week, you know, interesting articles, thought-provoking articles about our industry. And so that keeps me engaged, certainly. It's also important, I think, to follow uh, what's going on internationally. Uh, This is such an international business, so it's critical to understand what's happening in Saudi Arabia or or with Iran or with Russia and how that will then impact our oil and gas community uh, here at home. So I guess just keeping my ear uh, to the ground and uh, (laughs) trying to... to, uh, canvas the various news sources to to make sure that we stay up on the the latest and greatest information for our contacts and and for our members. Wonderful. And thank you for saying that, that you listen to Permian Perspective. I always love that. And then also, thank you for letting us know where we can find those articles. So as soon as this podcast is over, everyone can head over to LinkedIn, or if you're a multitasker, do it now, and go follow the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. And and then you can also read those articles too. That's fantastic. What about books? Do you have a, do you have a favorite book that really has helped you in life? Wow, that is a good one. I do. I have several so, George Bush's book, uh, after he left office, he wrote a great book that talked about teamwork and about reaching uh, across the aisle. And it was a really interesting read. And it showed how much of a moderate that he was. And, and certainly when he and Laura were in office, you didn't get the impression that we were so far apart as we are today. So, I'd um, encourage folks to go back and, and read his book that, that came out, again, shortly after he left office. And it's just a really good story about the importance of bipartisanship, surrounding yourself with other strong leaders and uh, talented people in their profession, and leading a good team. So that one kind of still sticks with me after um, five years or so. Fantastic. I'll have to read it. That, that sounds like a good one. Anything that George Bush, you know, writes, it always seems to just kind of hit a, you know, hit a note with everybody. And I have not read his book, so I can't wait to to read it. That'll be good. What about your, your, your most used business tool? Do you have a business tool that you've used the most that has really been beneficial in your career? Yeah, so we use a lot of tools at Oxy. And I, and I think about those as being more on the, the software side, little bit on the communication side so there's that but I would say in terms of uh, personal and professional growth and business success again I'm going to go back to to LinkedIn I've helped a lot of former veterans 
in their job search and in their transition, partnered with a group called Four Block, and we lead uh, each semester a group of veterans through their transition. And that's, that's been awesome. So now LinkedIn is a really powerful tool. On uh, Back to the software side, you know, I would say that Teams has been really strong for our company. So both for internal as well as external communication, there's some uh, Microsoft Teams has, has been a, a good tool for us. And, you know, I could get into a little bit of the specific software that we use in various aspects of the business, but I, I think that maybe outside the scope of your question. Okay. Well, thank you. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's important for people to really know who's using LinkedIn in, in, in the industry. And I think oil and gas industry, that's where everyone's at is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And is there, a, is there a specific way that you feel that maybe someone that's getting into the oil and gas industry, they could utilize LinkedIn to really benefit them the most where they could go, you know what, I need to do this a little bit more, or I need to maybe, you know, join PBAP or, you know, what would you say to someone that maybe is just now getting into the industry? Because I think we are going to see a a resurgence of people getting back in or just now jumping in. Yeah, so that's a good question, Krista. I have uh, three main thoughts as it pertains to LinkedIn. First, uh, make sure that your profile is current, that it accurately uh, describes kind of your career thus far, Mm -hmm. that it has your educational background and your uh, career background in terms of the companies that you've worked for, and uh, that it's an accurate portrayal of your strengths and kind of your mission statement, which a lot of people, you know, put up front in their LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is, as you mentioned, it's important to follow those groups that pertain to your industry. And there's a ton out there. I mean, we mentioned the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners, but there are Oilfield Connections International, that, that's, a, that's a great one, and that's a really active group. The other various pipeliner associations or the upstream uh, oil and gas companies that you uh, may desire to work with or work for, good to follow them. And then third, I would use the direct messaging feature in LinkedIn. And if you send an invitation to somebody to connect, I would message them and let them know, hey, I saw your profile. You and I share some common interests. I'd like to connect with you for these reasons and and really use that. But LinkedIn is a great tool to see what's going on, but it's also a great tool to build relationships, to build teams, and to have that dialogue with, with leaders in the industry. You might be surprised. People will respond when you reach out to them directly, mm-hmm. and you'll get a lot of good candor from the questions that you might ask those leaders that I mentioned in the industry. So it's a great tool. It really is. It it, it connects people in so many ways. And I, I really find that oil and gas utilizes it more than some other industries that I've seen. Just just by glancing, I can tell that people really are making true connections on there. And it's helping, you know, benefit them in their business or personally. And, and so I think it, it really is a great tool. What is your favorite quote? If you had one quote to pick, and if you're like me, it's so hard to narrow it down. I have a million. But do you have one favorite quote that you live by, Jason? There's a couple, and I think uh, they rotate. For me right now, I think there's no limit to the good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a favorite because I think sometimes we get wrapped up in, you know, who, Mm -hmm. but really it should be 
what and, and how. And, and if we can focus on those things and, and getting the right thing done, I think we're better off. Kind of related to that mm-hmm. is a quote that talks about it's important to do what's right even when no one is looking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. It talks about character and it talks about, you know, just being honest and always. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> and, uh, and finally, I'm going to give you a third. Oh, good. I love quotes. Bring it, bring, send them. <laughs> and the third one is don't tell people how to do something. Uh, tell them what to do and let them surprise you with their ingenuity. Oh, I love that one. Another good one. All good. So good. Thank you so much. I I could listen to quotes all day long. Like I really could. And and you're right. I think they change, uh, you know, through what you're going through and what you're learning and what you're experiencing. And sometimes a quote means a little bit more in one season of your life than it does in others. But have you have you read the book Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday? I have not. Oh, good book. It kind of reminded me when you, you your first quote. So yeah, there, there you go. There's another another book out there to read. There's so many, so many good books, not enough time to read them all, right? <laughs> That's very true. I appreciate you uh, giving me that recommendation. I'll write that one down. Oh yeah, Ryan Hollett. He's great, great, great author. Okay, finally, I know we're out of time. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Uh, we've and, and hopefully you at home will then share this with uh, someone that you think could benefit because we've had so many great nuggets that we've learned today by our talk with Jason Wolf. And, and if you are just joining us, Jason is a board member with the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners, otherwise known as PBAP, but he is also in the midstream marketing division with Occidental Petroleum. And this has been such a great conversation. Jason, I just want to know your final thoughts. I always like to leave on something good. Tell me something good about our industry and where you see the future of it going. Good is oil and gas prices are back up again. When they hit rock bottom back in April, May last year, we struggled a little bit. We didn't know how long that was going to last. We questioned whether or not, you know, this, this industry was going to be viable again, which is kind of a dark time for us. And I believe now, you know, as we see some recovery, there, there is some hope on the horizon. I do believe that as companies get back into the oil fields and as, and as they bring production up again, we're going to see that price come back down. It might take two or three or four months, but I do think that there will be stability at a level which will enable companies to have a profitable go at it, but also continue our country's uh, tradition of very affordable uh, energy for our vehicles, for our homes, for our industries, and that's why our industry is is so important uh, to promote that prosperity, to keep us as the uh, preeminent power in our in our world, and to continue that reliable, efficient, economical uh, source of, of power. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. It has been such a pleasure sharing this time with you. Of course, if someone wants to connect with Jason, they can do so on LinkedIn. Is that the best way to reach you? Absolutely. That's a, that's a great way to do it. And I look forward to hearing with some of your listeners and hearing back from them. And Krista, thank you for having me on. I look forward to this each spring and I appreciate you asking me in for uh, for year two of your um, Permian Perspectives. It's always a pleasure talking with you. And I appreciate uh, sharing uh, news and, and, and 
and sharing information about our industry with you. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. I wish you the best this year, and uh, we look forward to catching up another time. So thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Take care. You too. We have a segment on Permian Perspective that we love, and it's called Community MVP. It's time now to announce this week's Community MVP. And this one's kind of a no-brainer. They help so many people, the United Way of Midland. Now, they work with community partners in supporting over 50 programs and services that target identified needs by focusing on the building blocks for a better life, a quality education that leads to stable employment, financial independence, and sufficient housing to support a family plus sound emotional and physical health. They are doing all they can to help our community recover from the pandemic and rebuild a better Midland. If you would like more information, we encourage you to go to uwmidland.org and see how you can maybe help, volunteer, or if you need their services, the United Way of Midland is there for you. A special thank you to our sponsor, NOV. And speaking of NOV, I just want to mention they do live segments every Wednesday at 11 a.m. That's Central, 11 a.m. Central and 1.30 p.m. Central called Inside Out. And it's great. They have a, a different guest on each week and they talk, of course, all things energy. And you definitely want to check them out. You can go to nov.com slash live for more wonderful conversation on the energy industry. And NOV for more than 150 years has pioneered innovations that enable its customers to safely produce abundant energy while minimizing environmental impact. Their expertise and technology continually improve oil field operations and assist in efforts to advance the energy transition towards a more sustainable future. NOV powers the industry that powers the world. And guess what? NOV has a big giveaway. We're so excited to give you all a chance to win a combination briefcase backpack convertible bag that will take you from the field to the office or when you get to go back to the field or the office. And you can enter this by going to nov.com slash Permian. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. This concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Remember my mottos, dream big, believe in yourself, and never give up. We'll see you next time. You make it a great day. Hey everybody, it's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for February 2021. This month, we only have three events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our two in-person events. The TAMU SBE Sporting Clays Tournament at Tonkaway Ranch in College Station on the 19th, and the Thrive Energy Conference at Minute Maid Park from the 24th to the 26th. The only online event we have this month is the TAMU SPE Executive Series with our very own Mark LaCour of Oil & Gases Week on the 26th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or our website for more information about any of the live streams we have coming up. If you have any questions about the events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for February. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.